Me and my cousins. It's a podcast. Three guys, three decades, three perspectives. Me and my cousins. It's a podcast. Once again, it's the Me and My Cousins podcast. As always, I am Angelo Gingerelli coming to you with my cousins, Mike Casal and Kenny Nicosia. We are a little bit later in the week than normal because I had spent the day at a shared universe podcast studio recording an episode of the Functionized podcast, which will be available later this month. So I want to thank uh, Mike and Kenny for dealing with me on that delay and thank our listeners for dealing with me on that humble brag uh, that I spent the day recording another podcast. As always, this episode is brought to you by Bean Mug and Coffee Company. Bean Mug and Coffee Co. is a small batch coffee company out of Point Pleasant, New Jersey. They feature unique blends inspired from the Jersey Shore, and every month they feature a single origin coffee from around the world. For the month of August, they just introduced Costa Rican coffee. Bean Mug and Coffee Co. is giving our listeners 10% off all coffee and their recently released espresso. Visit BeanMugAndCoffeeCo.com and enter the promo code Cousins10. That's C-O-U-S-I-N-S-1-0 for 10% off at checkout. Bean Mug and Coffee Co., the roast from the coast. Mike and Kenny, how are we doing this week? Awesome, man. Yo, yo, what's up? It's pretty cool we have our own promo code at this point. We've uh, came pretty far, eh? (laughs) <laughs> yeah, man, it just, you know, we started on Memorial Day. It's not even Labor Day. We're definitely moving in the right direction. Another thing we did this week that points to things going well for the podcast is I posted Ask Us Anything on Facebook and Instagram, and we got a lot of good questions. We got more questions than we can answer because we have a, a, an interview coming up at the end of the show with the Mach 1 Barbell guys. So we're not going to waste everybody's time, and we're going to answer as many questions as we can in 20 minutes and then get to the interview, and whenever we don't get to this month, we'll throw that out again in September and do another Ask Me Anything episode. Mike and Kenny, you ready for some questions? Let's Sounds good. Do Let's it. get into it. Okay. The first question on Instagram came from Taylor Allen, who is a coach, is a host, a co-host of the Call in the Shot Sports Podcast. He's been listening to me and my cousins. He says he likes it. I want to do a mashup with them before too long. He wants us to do F, marry, kill. Now, I'm unsure if you want us to do it about each other, (laughs) ask other people to do it about us. And I know it's 2020 and doing that about women is is wildly problematic. Okay, (laughs) so here's what we're going to do because it's 2020. I'm going to give you guys some Jersey Shore uh, FMKs and you guys are going to let me know what you think. So the first one is going to be Asbury Park, Red Bank and Long Branch. And I'll go first. I think I would kill Red Bank because it thinks it's better than it is and thinks it's way too cool for the room, and I can't stand that. I think you want to one-night Asbury Park because it's really fun in short dosages, but after too many nights in a row, you're kind of like, that's a lot of Asbury Park to swallow. And then I think you want to marry Long Branch. That's basically what I did by buying a house and living in Long Branch. Mike, what do you think? All right, uh, I'm agreeing with you. The the fun night is Asbury. You got to go there, um, 100%. Um, but I'm gonna switch the other two. Um, I'm gonna marry Red Bank because I think if as someone that would be going to Red Bank, um, if you're finding someone there to get married, you got a pretty good shot of marrying someone that might have a solid job, might have some family money if they're hanging out in Red Bank. And they're That's fair. That's good. 30s. You know what I mean? If I go to Long Branch to get married, and again, no offense, and I'm going to be working three jobs my whole life. You know what I'm saying, man? There's, there's, there's no way you're meeting somebody in a Long Branch bar that has both, both health and car insurance. It's going to be one or the other, maybe neither. 
Kenny, what do you got? All right, first off, let me say this question is ridiculous, but uh, I'm going to keep it simple. <laughs> just, uh, just F them all. That's it. F, F like them it. all and keep them over. Okay. 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 <laughs> We're going to Jersey, a Jersey music, FMK. Uh, Frank Sinatra, Bruce Springsteen, Bon Jovi. Uh, start with Mike. What do you got? Oh, man. Um, oh, man. I mean, they're all pretty good. Yeah, man. It's hard. Yeah. It's real hard. Yeah. You know? Oh, oh man. Jeez. Um, I, I'll, I'll give I... you guys, if you guys want mine, I think I think you marry Springsteen. Only because I think he's got so many albums and so many different kinds of songs. If you're in it for the long haul, I think he's got the most variety, right? No, I, I agree. That I was between the other two with the other hard. ones. Like, I'm marrying Springsteen. It's the other two that I couldn't decide. I, I think I'm going to go kill Bon Jovi. Only because <laughs> I think I, can, I, I do less things in my There's... life at this stage that where Bon Jovi would be the soundtrack and more things where Sinatra would be the soundtrack. Yeah, I, I think I guess that could be a little bit of an age thing, too. Right. Because like Kenny's definitely actually I don't want to talk to him. So, Ken, what are you doing? Is it going to be Bon Jovi or Sinatra? Oh, no, man. Uh, definitely not Sinatra. You know, that's like that's like my parents vibe. I know you can't like do it. I know. So I guess like, I'm gonna I appreciate it. Don't, don't get me wrong. I appreciate it. You know, I know. I know the culture. Yeah, I'm kind of going to just ditto what Angelo said. Pretty much. That's pretty fair. <laughs> <laughs> okay, la- last one of these for Taylor Allen from the Calling the Shots podcast. We're going to go Jersey Gourmet Dining, and you got to pick between pizza, cheesesteaks, and saltwater taffy. Three things we're known for all over the world. Uh, I'm going. I'm going. Marry pizza. You can't. I don't think I can live without pizza for a long yeah, time. Yeah, me too. It's I'm easy. going I'm one night. Taffy, one though. night cheesesteaks. Every time okay, I get yeah, a cheesesteak, I'm like, yeah, that was good, but I don't have to do that too often. And I, man, taffy's not that great. Like, yeah. honestly, if you could have, if you could still have Starburst and now and laters and all the other kind of mash produced taffy, you don't need Jersey Shore saltwater taffy in your life, in my opinion. What do you guys think? Yeah, I agree. I, that's the same thing. You do not need taffy. It gets all stuck in your teeth and stuff. No way. Give me the pizza for the long haul. Give me the cheesesteak for once for the one time thing. That's what I'm in. And if you have, real quick, if you're a teenager and you have braces and you eat taffy once, that's like a $12,000 mistake. Like that's literally, it costs the same to, to get taffy out of braces as it does to buy a Nissan Sentra. <laughs> Joe Borzada, local artist, visual artist, stand-up comic, and all-around great guy. And he wants to know, it's probably the most Italian question we're going to get today. Are you calling it gravy or sauce? Um. <clears throat> uh, it's, it's called gravy. You met a gun. What are you, Stunat or something? Huh? <laughs> Dude, I think that's just how we were raised. I'm gravy too. Yeah, I'm 100% team gravy. I don't, uh, it's all of us. I guess it's all our relatives called it that, so we called it that, you know? And I'm, I'm going yeah. to take, take a pretty educated guess that Joe Borzada is calling it gravy too. We just want to make sure we're all on the same page. I, was, yeah. I get the feeling that if any one of us would have said saucy, would have unsubscribed to the podcast. <laughs> um, next one we got, we got a bunch of questions from Carl Callen. He's a fan. He's a great guy. He's arguably one of the funniest people in New Jersey. I'm going to go with two things he said. I'm going to answer them myself because I don't think they really apply to you guys. They were directed clearly towards me. Uh, number one, who is the godfather of Jersey Shore comedy? I addressed this on this podcast once and for all. In the summer of 2020, it's become a thing people to go on podcasts and interviews and on stage and say that it's not me. I'm okay with that. 
but you got to tell me who else it is if it's not me, right? You can't scream LeBron's <laughs> not the best player and not tell me who is the best player. So as soon as somebody else is willing to wear that crown and be that guy, you can have it. Until then, it's still me. Uh, next question from Carl, best MC in Slaughterhouse. I'm going strictly bars on lyrics, Royce to 5'9", personal favorite, Joel Ortiz, most handsome, Joe Button. Because if I don't shave for a week, I look just like him. Moving on. <laughs> uh, question from Liam Burdett. We're going to get, he is also host of the Foul Housemates podcast with Dan Caprio. I want to do a mashup episode with them as well. I'm going to throw this right to Michael first. He wants to know your all-time NBA starting five. So any era, any any. Let's go to the five regular positions. But who are you putting on the floor if you got you know 60 years of NBA tradition to pull from? All right, um, all right. So this is a good one. Um, in our, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna put. I'm gonna put Wilt at center. Um, he just was too dominant, too big, too strong. Um, in that generation, obviously today people would be athletic enough to stay with him. Um, at the, at the four, I think I'm going to go Tim Duncan and he's the sneaky one, but the guy did everything right. And on a team full of people that are going to want shots, he would never complain and he would just do what he needed to do. Uh, LeBron's clearly at the three. Um, he's, you know, the first or second best ever, uh, obviously who you're debating it with Jordan at the two, because he's first or second best whoever, depending on who you're debating it with. And point guard's tough. Oh, man. Do you want, if, you, if you're going with, like, a passing point guard, are we going with, like, Steve Nash, shooting point guard, Steph Curry? You could slide James Harden to the one. Oh, man. Uh, I'm going to go, I'm going to go with Harden. I just think Harden's just, I think he, can, <clears throat> I think, I think he passes better than people say, and his offense is just ridiculous. So that, that's that, mine. That, that's Harden, a good. Jordan, James, Duncan, Will. That's a good five. Also stretched across a couple different errors, which I definitely yeah. appreciate. Uh, my quick top five is I'm going Shaq at center. I'm going Jordan at, at shooting guard. I'm putting Allen Iverson at point guard. He's not there for a long time. He's there for a good time. But if you get him in his prime, <laughs> I think he's with, with anybody that's ever played the game. That's fair. Uh, my personal choice for uh, power forward is Sean Kemp. I thought his dunks were just so crazy, so much fun to watch. And then I'm throwing Tim Duncan in there as well, only for this reason. Those other four guys are so exciting and electrifying to watch. I'm putting that walking Coles department store that is not exciting <laughs> at all on the floor just to keep everybody level and maintain <laughs> our heads about us and follow a game plan because those other four guys can be loose cannons from time to time. So I think you need Tim, Tim Duncan to suck the excitement off the court and keep everybody playing. <laughs> In the right kind of basketball. Um, okay, we got a bunch of questions from my wait, wait, Hold on, hold on. Go ahead. I got, well, got, I got sorry, sorry, I missed it. Go ahead. Hold Who do you on. got? Got Steph Curry, Ray Allen, Scotty Pippen, Larry Bird, and uh, Timmy Dunks. I think it's I think it's pretty it's, it's pretty funny everybody on the podcast put Tim Duncan on but nobody admitted to liking him as a player or a person it's just like I don't know like, I was just really very fundamentally sounds you got to put him on the team myself <laughs> All right, we got a bunch of questions from my wife, Ambar. These are going to be fun to answer. We're going to try to get to as many as we can before we have to move on. So the first thing we got, take the other two cousins on the podcast out of it. Who is your favorite relative? And you have to give an answer. Wait, what? Repeat that again, who's your, please. Who's your favorite relative 
that's not on this podcast? All right. Uh, uh, I'll take it first. Uh, my sister. <laughs> okay. Oh, There's okay. one reason why. <laughs> Uh, I don't know. Good question. She's just awesome. <laughs> yeah. You yeah. gotta answer. Like, Weirdly weirdly enough, I, I think I'm going Leisha too. I think if there's one person you wanna party with that like like kinda kinda like Tim Duncan like goes across all generations, like she's fun at your grandparents' sixtieth wedding anniversary like and she's Tim fun Duncan. at a high school graduation. Like she has fun in every environment, which is not not too many people in our family and definitely not me, you could say. Kenny, who do you got? Wait, I'm, I, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I, Mike. Yeah, who do you I have? Thought I thought I picked my sister already. Oh, all right. All right, I'm so, sorry, Mike. Who do you so have? Obviously, obviously, I would take my sister. Um, I would, I would take my sister. But I think, but I'm gonna go like obviously. I think that's like you know your closest, your sister, your brother, who you're closest with. You would hope you would pick them, and I would pick my sister. Um, I'd ride or die with her in a second. She's you're, hilarious. Um, your sister would be higher on my list if last summer. I wasn't on my way to a funeral and they were walking out and I was walking in and her and your mother were so shocked that I looked nice. Like they were like, Oh, you look great. But like they, it was like, they saw an alien. And I was like, why do you both seem so shocked by this? I'm going to a funeral. I'm wearing a suit. <laughs> Cut you off. Oh, Mike. What are you gonna say? I gotta, I gotta tell them that I gotta tell them that. Um, I don't know, man. Going back generations a little bit, and obviously, and I'm not trying to annoy anybody here, but, um, and I've said this before in a previous one, I think, uh, I think Uncle Charlie Snooky and Uncle Rocco did it right, man. So I'm going to give them, they did a great job, like as leading the family with construction, leading the family, um, you know, generations that got into con- construction and had successful careers, both made bank, both killed it, both were nice, generous people. Uh, I think they did a pretty good job. So out of respect, I'm going there. And it's no nothing against our grandparents, you know, Uncle Tootie and Grandpa Mike, but I think those two did a great job, like just, you know, running the show, if you understand what yeah, I'm saying. Yeah, I think, I, I think there's two different ways to take this question. And it's like, there's a bunch of older people in our family you could learn a lot from, right? Yeah. And then there's a bunch of younger people that would just be really fun to party and hang out with. So I think it depends how you take that question and who your, your favorite's really going to be. All right. Very true. Give me, give me your perfect date, not the girl, what you're doing with your girlfriend, significant other. Be. Give me a perfect date. What would you do? <laughs> I was about to spit out a girl's name. <laughs> Go first, Mike. And then I then I get dumb. <laughs> um, <laughs> oh man, perfect date. Um, I'm gonna make this a uh, I'm gonna make this a, a long day date. So it's like a you're somewhere where you can be on the beach with some cocktails, getting some sun near the ocean. Uh, you know, maybe take a quick power nap, freshen up, go out for. Um, go out for dinner at a real expensive restaurant and then uh, with some good Italian food, obviously gluten-free for me. And then at night, go out on a boat, drink some more and uh, chill out and watch the sunset. So I went, that's what I'm going with. Nice. That would be a good time for any young lady. Kenny, what are you doing? <clears throat> well, I don't know about that all day thing, you know, uh, I'm more of a, <laughs> I'm more of a <laughs> in and out kind of guy. Short, short and sweet type of guy, but uh, yeah, I could uh, I could agree with the beach vibes, you know, somewhere, nice day, uh, a nice meal, uh, doesn't matter what type of cuisine it is, preferably vegan, uh, nice meals, quality drinks, and uh, yeah, something along those lines. 
Right. I think uh, for me, we would walk around the Ocean County Mall, uh, <laughs> maybe stop for dinner at Applebee's, and then go see a movie at the Seacourt Pavilion across the street. And if we somehow uh, made it through the throngs of high school kids chain-smoking cigarettes and drinking alcohol out of Snapple bottles, uh, maybe go to a bar for a nightcap like the Office Lounge or uh, Riv's Hub City Brewery or whatever it is on Hooper Avenue. Yeah, so it's just it's so it's Angelo's married with a child and, and uh, Tom Dripper ride or die kind of guy. So that's his answer. Um, I wouldn't getting... leave the corner of Hooper and Bay. <laughs> no, it'd be too far. <laughs> uh, Kenny's young enough where he's like, hell no, I'm not spending more than an hour with a girl. And I'm yeah, getting to the right? phase where you're trying to like, wow <clears throat> someone and you could spend a whole day with them if you really like them. So it's, uh, <laughs> it's interesting how the uh, dynamics that's of the that best of all, all generations, huh? <laughs> Uh, next one we got from Ambar. When the quarantine is lifted and things are back to quote unquote normal, where's the first place you're going to travel? Wow. Oh, good one. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'll give mine. Mine, I think, is New York City because there's no place else that's as different right now because of the state of the world than New York City to me. Like, just the millions of people on the streets, the, the billions of things you could do there, it's just, it's all grind to a halt. And I'd, I'm interested to see what that looks like when we come back and if it's as cool as it was, you know, say in 2019 and the several hundred years before that. I think yeah. I'm going to go with either Vegas or Puerto Rico, either party or chill on the beach, something along those lines. OK, good. I like that. Yeah, Kenny or Mike, what do you got? Me and my boys were planning something um, and girlfriends included. And we were looking to go on a group trip in November. So if it's possible, the first spot we were going was Cabo. Um, and, and now with obviously everything that's going on, that might not be possible. So we're trying to stay somewhere in the U.S. So we might be heading more towards like the uh, Arizona area or maybe San Diego region, because if we're allowed to, you know, so it, it'd be one of those spots. Hey, r- real quick for you guys, just before we went live, I got a, I saw an Instagram post, New Jersey marathon got pushed back to like more, uh, November 12th, something like that, that got canceled. So apparently we are not going to be back to normal by November because that's one of the bigger events in New Jersey and they just shut that down. So hopefully we're traveling early 2021, but unfortunately it doesn't look yeah. like, at least big things like that are going to go on in November, which is it's a little little hard to swallow, but yeah. just kind of giving everybody a heads up. So um, you can, uh, yeah, so you're obviously not going to be able to run an outdoor race in November, but we're going to start schools in three weeks. <laughs> Good luck. Yeah, again, with all of those rules and regulations, try not to apply too much logic and reason because you'll go crazy trying to <laughs> Dude, do that. Dude, you can't, 100% right. Oh, okay. Give me one thing you love about family parties and one thing you hate about family parties. Oh man. Um, love. Um, I think, okay, no, I'm gonna go with hate first. Hate. You're like ahead of time. I'm like, Oh man, I'm going to have to drive here. Oh man. I'm going to have to stay this amount of time. Oh man. Like, is the food going to be good? Oh man. Are the relatives that I'm going to want to talk to are going to be there. So that was like a lot of hate. So it's, it's almost like hating the thought of what's going to happen. And then when I get there, I love, you know, hanging out and making my moves around saying hi to each family member, talking with them a little bit. And then obviously having a few drinks with the one that are ones that are closer to my age. So it's almost like the hate of the things that I'm like dreading end up being okay. Once I'm there. If that I, makes fi- sense. I, I agree with that. I find that <laughs> Kenny, what do you got? <clears throat> the things I love are free food, free drinks. <laughs> the things I hate are, um, 
being forced to stay there longer than I want to. Hundred <laughs> yeah, percent. You have to yeah, put in yeah. three hours. You That's cannot it. leave. That's you it. have to stay three hours. There's no. Yeah. You can't stay less. I, I no, feel like you gotta wait for cake. Like you know, like <laughs> no. <laughs> I, I was going to put the time thing in heat too. So that's going to be all three of us. Um, <laughs> I, I think why don't, why doesn't our generation change that? Like, why do we start having one hour family parties or like we bring the, it's over at an hour, but if you want to hang out in the parking lot, you're more than welcome. But if you want to go get on with your life, you're more than welcome to do that too. Um, I'm going to go with, I, I love, I love catching up with people. I don't see a lot. Like even the people I see on Facebook and Instagram, it's always better to talk to them in real life and see what they're doing. And this is just one that always got under my skin. I hate it when I, and this hasn't happened in a while, but I hate when I was younger and my older cousins would be like, what do you say? Cause like real aggressively. <laughs> Cause I'd be like, I don't know, man, I'm in sixth grade. I don't really say that much. Why are you yelling at me? You're, you're a 25-year-old Guido. Of course I'm intimidated to talk to you. Um, really, 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 assertive, really being assertive with a child, I don't think there's really a lot of need for that. Um, and I go out of my way not to do that with the kids now. Dude, I'm going to throw in another hate at the real big family parties, which unfortunately right now are either weddings or funerals. I hate when I get stumped at the family members that are so distant that I forget their names. How bad is that stuff? Yeah, I know. That's rough. That's rough. Stuck and and like, the, oh. the worst Worst case scenario is they know a lot about you and you don't know anything about them or their family. You know what I mean? Um, Cause like I'm assuming in those cases, I'm assuming like they're them and your parents are fairly tight. So they know like if you're in college or work, whatever, and you just got nothing. You just don't know anything about them whatsoever. Um, last one I got. And if you're not ready for this one, we'll kind of skip it. Is there a quote that you live by like a motto or a thing you say to yourself? Is there a quote that you kind of try to live your life by? Yeah, give me a second. I got one. I got one floating around somewhere. And I'm going to – this is one that I've actually, like, never announced because, like, I don't know why, but it's going to – it's one that I stuck with as a – it's when I I stuck with it as a kid. Um, And I've obviously outgrown it a little bit. But you know what I always thought was, like, you know – being someone that played sports their whole life and then coached sports. And you know how every high school team has like a slogan, nope. like, like on the back of their shirts or something. I always loved East wrestling's go hard or go home. And I love that one. Great, man. It's simple. It's easy. It's worked for high school East for probably 40 years at this point, as it. long as Warren Reed's been the coach. Exactly. Um, you go can't, you can't deny home. that, man. Let's get it on or go home. Kenny, what it. do you got? Uh, it's something more like the long, uh, more along the lines of like, if you're not learning, you're losing something like that. Like just learn and just keep going. I don't know. It's not True. really a quote. Oddly enough, mine is going to come from Tom's River high school. East too, which is just very simple. Conceive, believe, achieve. Uh, I think if you could believe in, you know, have an idea, conceive it, think about it, make a plan, believe in yourself and then go out and achieve it. Um, I, I came across that quote when I was probably a freshman in high school, and it's been with me ever since. So shout out to Ambar for those questions. Hopefully we got the most of them. And then we got one more. We got to take a question from the Bean Mug and Coffee Co., our favorite sponsor right now. They want to know who is the best athlete of the three of us. Now let's try to do this efficiently, quickly, and without fighting. What do you guys think? Real quick background. Uh, Mike played on the Little League World Series team, played college baseball at Monmouth, has been a very successful baseball coach, right, um, and is now super into working out, training, in great shape uh, for, for really anybody. I was about to say a guy his age, but I don't think that really matters. 
Kenny was a very good wrestler at Belleville High School, has worked in the gym and fitness industry for a long time, and is still, from what I understand, still trains a lot and works out on his own. And from the text I get from him, not only takes, but has questions about a lot of supplements on the market. You get a lot of texts about pills <laughs> um, I Growing up, I, got, I was a decent power lifter, decent Olympic lifter, and for the last 10 years, I've been competing in uh, like marathons and distance stuff at a reasonably high level in New Jersey. What do you guys? I, I what do you guys think? Oh man, I don't know, man. I, I hate to say, it, but I th- I think Mike Mike got it, man. <clears throat> I don't. There's Mike's no. The there's no like me and Kenny had decent careers, but yeah. we were never on like you were on like the cover of the New York Times and stuff, right? Yeah. <laughs> also, like, all right, listen, I I you could go in and get an ice cream cone in Tom's River. You could get a slice of pizza in Tom's River and not see me or Kenny's picture from over twelve posts <laughs> on the wall. You cannot do that, Michael. Right. Also, Route Thirty Seven is not honorarily named after me or Kenny the way it is named Little League World Champions Boulevard. So I think I. I think I'm assuming the, the people over at Mean Bean want a little fight on this, but I think me and Kenny are just realistic and being like, yeah, it's definitely Mike. Am I right on that? <laughs> Very right. Well, guys, I appreciate the love. Uh, obviously, you both have some good credentials, uh, but I, I'm, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna get involved in this one. It's uh, two to one, and you guys already gave me the votes. I appreciate it, but now I'm not gonna. I wasn't gonna vote for myself, and I'm not picking in between you two. So I appreciate the love, and we'll just move on. Wait, wait, hold on, hold on. He's saying that now, trying to sound all diplomatic. What the listeners don't see, he just texted me and Kenny a picture of his little league article that's up in no, Mrs. Walker's not. ice cream in Tom's River, and he's like, "Well, is your picture up in Mrs. Walker's?" I'm like, "No, we want to clearly win this." <laughs> and then, then the, ne- the next text was have you ever paid a cover at Hemingway's I'm like yeah but he's like I haven't because I won a Little League World Series title alright oh, so like, clearly it's Mike thanks to Bean Mug and Coffee for all their support and that question thanks to uh, my wife Ambar my buddy Joe Borzada uh, Carl Callen, Liam Burdett and Taylor Allen, we really appreciate those questions. If we didn't get to your question, we'll get to it in September, and we'll put this up again by third week of September to take some more questions. I had a blast with that. What did you guys think? What did you think about the episode, and how do we reach you on social media? Yeah, man, I think I think that's a good idea for our listeners to reach out to us. Uh, definitely keep doing it, and we do this you know, once or twice a month. We'll answer some questions for you guys, maybe get some of you on the show if you're people that are continue to follow us and continue to uh, ask questions. Uh, so definitely keep that up. We appreciate it. Uh, you can follow me at Mike Casal 10 on Instagram. Uh, thanks and keep listening. Kenny. You know, I got disconnected for a second. Uh, I think this was one of our uh, best episodes yet. Uh, pretty cool dialogue, but uh, yeah, keep listening peeps, uh, buy some, uh, bean mug and coffee, you know, uh, try their new blends and stuff like that. And, uh, Follow me on IG, Kenneth N, two underscores. It's a lot of fun. Thanks to everybody for your questions. And uh, that's going to wrap it up. I am Angelo Gingerelli on Instagram at Mr. Fifth Round, MR, the number five, T H R O U N D. And then coming right now is my interview with Pat and Jason from the me, from Mach 1 Barbell Olympic Weightlifting Club. Me and my cousins. It's a podcast. <laughs> 
Welcome back to another Me and My Cousins interview. I am Angelo Gingerelli. I am alone again this week with our guest. I can't get a hold of Mike Casal ever since the Reels app came out on Instagram. He's been MIA. He's posting a lot of silly dance videos, but I can't get him on the phone for some reason. And then uh, Kenyon Koji is on a photo shoot with a young lady he met at Beachcomber this weekend. Every time I need pictures or something, he sends me a price list. Every time I meet a girl in a bar, he ends up on Monday doing a photo shoot with her in the woods. I think it's shady. He thinks it's normal. If you need pictures, hit up Kenny Nicole. You need that. So for right now, I am alone. And this interview with the guys from Mach 1 Barbell is brought to you by Bean Mug and Coffee Co. down in Point Pleasant, New Jersey. I started my day off with a cup of the Sumatra Sunrise. Then I went and did a workout, had a little leftover, threw it in the refrigerator. I mixed it up in a blender with plain yogurt, skim milk, two bananas, some ice cubes, a great coffee shake picked me up in the middle of the day. So hit up Bean Mug and Coffee Company and make sure you use the promo code Cousins 10 for 10% off at checkout. Now, two guys that probably started to develop with similar shakes or high-powered workouts like I did. I want to welcome Pat Manturi and Jason Schwartz from Mach 1 Barbell. How are we doing, guys? Doing good. How are you? I'm good, doing man. Doing great. I appreciate you guys coming on the Me and My Cousins podcast, even though two of the three cousins are not here today. Uh, just kind of full disclosure how I met these guys. Uh, Jason Schwartz, I, I met him at Ripped a couple years ago. I believe he was interning at the time. We just kind of hit it off. And then in the summer of 2018, so over two years ago now, I presented at the New Jersey NSCA clinic, and I dropped such bars for an hour straight. Just a blistering fire presentation. Pat came up and introduced himself after. He was like, hey, man, that was really great. That's by far the best presentation I've ever seen at one of these type of events. Uh, can I come and intern with you at your day job? And then we just kind of did that, I believe, that summer or maybe that fall. And we've kind of been in touch ever since. So and as I always say, whether it's podcasting, stand-up comedy, strength and conditioning, if I could help a young man from down the shore that's living the same journey I did, I definitely want to be the guy to do that. So man or woman, it doesn't matter. But I try to extend an olive branch and I help as many young people as I can. In this case, it actually worked out. I was doing big things with Mach 1 Barbell. So let's kick it off with Pat. Um, you're from down. You're from Ocean County, correct? Yes, down in Manchester, New Jersey. Not going to hold that against you, but we'll just kind of <laughs> keep it moving. So let's go real quick, man. Mach 1 Barbell is, is a, a trading philosophy. It's a competitive Olympic weightlifting team. Let's talk about your journey real quick, how you get to where you are right now. Then we'll hit Jason's. And then I want to talk about just Olympic lifting in general, because I think a lot of the me and my cousin's listeners or not going to really know what that is, right? If you tell people you're a competitive weightlifter, they might be thinking powerlifting, they might be thinking bodybuilding, they might be thinking world's strongest man late on ESPN. It's it's a great sport. It's a thing I participated in for a long time. Unfortunately, it's not a super popular sport. So, Pat, how do we go from A to B with you, man? So, I started off, um, I actually got into weightlifting just for the fun fact of lifting weights with the football team freshman year of high school. From there, I actually started pursuing vocational school, and I went for health and fitness, got my certification through that, started training when I was 18. After that, I went to University of Scranton. I was looking actually at the physical therapy route, and that's how I got in that university. Um, from there, I was like, eh, I want to go back more into like the training side, the coaching side. I was looking into strength and conditioning, and I actually landed an internship with Bobby Smith and Adam Fight over at Reacher Potential Training right in Tinton Falls. And that really shaped me as a coach. Um, from there, I was able to take their foundational stuff and my personality and blend it and create my own coaching style. I've uh, been at Central State Fitness and Wellness Center in Freehold for about four years. Actually, yeah, last week was four years for me if we were open for all this time with COVID. But um, from that, 
I met Jason. We actually met at Centra State, and we got our buddy RJ involved, and now we're on our Mach 1 journey. We got the weightlifting team situated in October of 2019, and we took off with that. We got everyone building up and competing into our January program uh, competition. And then following that, we just recruited more athletes and got more exposure um, through all this stuff going on. We built a virtual online platform, and now we're coaching weightlifters and doing our strength and conditioning virtually and making the most of it. And that's yeah, how we got here. And somebody who has followed you guys from very early on on Instagram, I think you guys did a great job of making that pivot in the coronavirus era to getting work done online. And from what I've seen, as soon as you could get some equipment outside and get people together outside, you jumped right on that and pushed your full speed ahead. So so give you a lot of credit for that. Uh, Jason, what's your background? What's your, what's your journey to get here today? So I started in the weight room. Uh, I played uh, hockey for most of my life and, uh, Unfortunately, I actually never really had any exposure uh, through my coaches, but uh, my dad brought me into the gym and that's how I kind of got into weightlifting. Um, and I fell into this industry almost by accident. Um, it was in between semesters of college and I was lifting weights and I needed a job and I wanted to learn more about like working out. It was more of a hobby for me at the time. Um, so I pursued certifications in personal training and that's what led me to landing my first job and kind of opened my eyes that this could be a career for me. I always liked to help people and I liked working out. And from that avenue, that led me to change my major and pursue a degree in exercise science. I graduated from Montclair State University. Um, and from those experience, I actually got into competitive powerlifting. Um, you know, I was more of, I guess, like a bodybuilding focused um, in the gym when I first started. But I discovered powerlifting uh, from a couple of peers and that's what kind of opened my eyes into more strength sports in general. So that's when I first learned about Olympic weightlifting, first learned about uh, strength and conditioning as a field in general, and, uh, you know, pursuing it more in college. Also, I talked to more people and got to learn more about the industry. So I started to learn more that there was more to this than just personal training. And uh, from people that I met in college and from talking to Pat when I first met him at Center State, uh, that's when I also found out about the internship opportunity at Reach Your Potential Training. So I actually did the same internship the summer after Patrick. And from there, uh, I pursued a couple of different outlets of like continuing personal training and continued strength and conditioning. Um, I took a niche into Olympic weightlifting, actually following that uh, internship because they included it a lot into their training and you know, I wanted to get a little bit more athletic skill-based competition in my life again, uh, as opposed to just powerlifting. I need something a little bit that was going to challenge me in a different way. And Olympic lifting was perfect for me. And Pat and I trained for a competition together. We wound up going to a national level meet in Daytona last summer, like right before starting Mach 1. And when we were there, we saw other coaches doing their thing. We were doing our thing. And we just thought that there was things that other coaches could have been doing better that we had our experience of like from coaching and from personal training and learning from the people that we have. We thought, you know, we, we could use our skills in a little bit of a different way. And that's what, you know, helped us come and bring Mach 1 into fruition in general, too. 
Yeah, I think that's great. There's one guy, both of you guys shout out. I want to give him a shout out right now, and that's Bobby Smith from Reach for Potential Training in Tainton Falls. And I, I've said this to Pat before. I don't know if Jason's ever heard it. I know the the listeners of me and my cousins have not heard this yet. I have been involved in arts entertainment in New Jersey for about 10 years. I've seen every comedian that's popping, every rapper, every indie band. Every, I've seen everything going on in New Jersey. Most of it pales in comparison to watching Bobby Smith coach a group at Rip future potential trading it, it's it's beyond coaching it's almost performance art to be that fired up that many times a day with that many different age groups and connect with kids and adults the way he does i'm 20 years in strength and conditioning and i'm amazed by it every time i see it man he i it's a cliche but he's, he's at the next level he's operating at the next level as far as as making a workout an event and making people love it and love the environment and fostering a really cool environment. So shout out to him. And I think it, it speaks volumes of what he's doing down there that you guys came out of it. We were able to start your own thing and be successful pretty, pretty quickly. I mean, you got to, you matched a decent following very quickly. One thing I'm seeing you guys do, and I told you this off air, I think it's great. When you shifted to outside, you're getting adults to come and train with you in hot parking lots in July and August, moving hundreds of kilos of equipment outside, and they look happy to be getting after it. So, I mean, that's a, that's a big thing you don't see in all aspects of our profession. Um, and is it unfortunate that gyms are closed in New Jersey right now? Absolutely. Is it great that you guys have found a way around that? Absolutely. Um, so one thing that Jason brought up, and I'll talk, I'll talk about it a little bit, a lot of people here, I'm a competitive weightlifter, and don't exactly know what that means, right? They might be thinking you squat and bench press. They might be thinking you flip giant tires. What exactly is – and that's fine. I have no hate you – know, I'm not laughing at strongman stuff. At all. I think it's all great. What exactly is Olympic weightlifting, and how does someone get involved in competing in that compared to, say, some of the other iron games out there? So uh, I guess the main difference in uh, things like powerlifting, powerlifting as a competition sport is the events are the squat, the bench press, and the deadlift. Uh, Olympic weightlifting as a competition sport are two events. Uh, it's the snatch and the clean and jerk. And then strongman, you know, could be several different events, but, you know, maybe some like uh, different things like carrying or throwing or whatever strongman events might be, but uh, the Olympic lifts uh, in competition, like I said, it's the snatch and the clean and jerk. Um, for those who might need a visual, it's the snatch is when you're bringing the barbell from the ground overhead in one motion. The clean and jerk is when you're bringing the barbell from the ground to your shoulders and then thrusting it over your head in two different motions. Right. The way I was explaining it to, to my class, I don't, I don't get into this much with our, our athletes, but what our, my classes, I'm teaching a classroom setting. I normally say Olympic lifting in its easiest way to explain it possible is you're trying to lift as much weight from the floor to over your head as fast as you possibly can. That's a pretty fair assessment. Very, very simple assessment of it. Um, yeah. And I think it's, it's one of the sports. I, I feel like it should have been, it should be more popular by now. Um, just so you guys know my background, I was lucky enough to go to high school with a strength coach and a powerlifting team, got into powerlifting all through high school and college, uh, did Olympic lifting in grad school and afterwards. And now I've done a complete 180 and I'm, I'm a, super into endurance stuff, right? I love marathons, half marathons, tough mutters. Uh, some of that's just kind of age. Some of it's just, I kind of got bored with the other stuff after 20 years. And that's a, that's a good time to have a hobby or a passion to pursue. It's kind of time to move on. But one thing that I, I like about you guys is, and Pat could take this question. I see you guys posting online a lot of 
conditioning type stuff, right? You could go on hikes, you carry heavy backpacks. Because with Olympic lifting in the past, it was very, we are super anaerobic and we laugh at people that run or do cardio, right? And then there's marathoners and people like that that want nothing to do with the weight room. And I really, I really think for whatever level of success I've seen in the endurance world in the last 10 years, a lot of that is, number one, I consistently do some kind of resistance training, including Olympic lifting. And then number two, I have a background of having a pretty strong you know, frame and anatomy from years and years of strength and conditioning that a lot of kids that start on the endurance side don't have. Uh, to keep it 100% real, I keep doing Olympic lifts now, so I have to demonstrate them to my teams. They don't laugh at me. But I see there's definitely a value to doing that. Do you guys see that, that people that have that kind of strength background and kind of combine the two are probably in a better place overall health-wise than somebody that's 100% anaerobic or 100% aerobic? Absolutely, and that's kind of um, one of the things that we set our foundations on was we're strength and conditioning coaches first, and then we – tend to find a niche in Olympic lifting. So if you look at the people we train, whether it's our competition team or one-on-ones or our intro group, we tend to cater to um, the Olympic lifts. So we're getting power development there. We get strength blocks, we get mobility blocks, we have an endurance base. So we're trying to build overall fitness characteristics and develop full athletes rather than just a weightlifter per se. And you'll see we add stuff like animal flow or like you mentioned on our Instagram, you'll see us like rocking or getting out in nature and just kind of moving and little things like that, just moving differently. You'll see like, you know, the joints aren't as stiff anymore or we build an aerobic base. That way we're recovering between sets and it's not as much stress when you're going on a second attempt on your platform at a competition you tend to, you know, take that deep breath, reset, regather, and you can go out and send it again. Back, can you do me a favor and explain to the listeners exactly what rucking means so I don't have to beep that out later? Yeah, so rucking, it's pretty much like uh, you take a weighted backpack or a sack and you go on like a nice hike, essentially. That's the easiest way to put it. Um, very popular with like uh, military training and stuff like that where you can even use a weighted vest. You're just trying to add a little resistance and go for the duration. Cool. Um, we got, we kind of talked about a little bit about how Olympic lifting can sometimes be very myopic in its view, and you guys are adding some other things to it. So that leads me to my next question. I feel like I have to ask it. What are your thoughts on CrossFit? <laughs> so CrossFit, uh, we actually we like it as its foundation. So um, combining strength and endurance is something we do as well. Um, they actually did a huge, huge push for Olympic weightlifting um, by incorporating that. So most people you see at competitions either come from CrossFit clubs or a CrossFit background. We actually have a few on our team that were doing CrossFit, and then they just wanted to zone in on their weightlifting career a little bit more and kind of zone in and really perfect that as much as possible. Um, so CrossFit does great things for the sport of Olympic lifting, and oddly enough, that's the only, like, weight sport that you can go to the olympics with that's how it got the olympic weightlifting name where powerlifting strongman crossfit they have national and international events but not at the olympic level but um it's it definitely has its place um but there's some things that we do differently that we try and preserve the health of our athletes a little longer so less uh bang out weight for time but type things but we we like where the foundation is uh, Jason, what do you think, man? I definitely agree with Pat that, like, first off, I mean, CrossFit 
definitely accelerated the popularity of Olympic weightlifting tremendously. So over the last 10 plus years, like it's, even though it's still not a super popular sport, it's gained a lot of popularity because of CrossFit. And there's no denying that. Um, I think a lot of the bad stigma from CrossFit comes mostly from the owner and the coaches. I remember like when I first started getting into uh, fitness in the industry, I remember uh, I might be misquoting here, but uh, something like an interviewer asked the owner of CrossFit, like, you know, why they have like so many lawyers and everything. And because he was basically more focused on like the, the income of the industry as opposed to like the health of the clients. And I think that's where a lot of the bad stigma comes from. But with that being said, there's plenty of good, knowledgeable, like CrossFit coaches, um, just like there's good and bad strength and conditioning coaches, you know? So I think the principles of CrossFit, like, you know, combining strength and endurance, it can be really good for someone who's just trying to stay in shape and staying fit. But I think like the extreme practices of CrossFit is where some of like the negative stigmas come in, but, uh, it's, it's hard to knock it too much. Like I said, like I wouldn't, I don't know if I'd be in the position I am today if it wasn't popularized the way it was. So, yeah, I, I you know how I, I always look at CrossFit. I look at it a couple of different ways. I look at it almost like as, as someone who's a lifetime hip hop head, right? CrossFit is like a pop rapper that makes a kid like hip hop. And then they get into real hip hop after that. Right. So Kenny, who's this is, I'm going to blow Kenny's spot up for a second, even though he's not here. When he was 10 years old at Christmas, he got the Soldier Boy CD, right? And I was like, dude, this is hard. Come on, man. You're better than this. But then now he likes Kendrick Lamar. So it's like it, it worked, right? And that's kind of the same thing as CrossFit your first day in the gym. Cool. And then 10 years later, you're a competitive Olympic weightlifter. I think there's a value to that, right? The other thing, two other things about CrossFit, and I'll move on. Uh, I, I think when you live in a, in a country like we do, where the obesity numbers are through the roof and the, the heart disease numbers are through the roof and the inactivity sedentary lifestyles are through the roof, Anything that makes people do physical activity, it's hard for me to really hate on, right? I just think if you're getting people active and getting them doing something, even if it's not the most scientifically based program on earth, I think that's better than nothing. I really believe that, right? Um, the other thing, coming from the strength and conditioning background of guys that are, you know, I, I have multiple master's degrees. They have PhDs. They put 20 years in the field before they make any real money a lot of times, right? And I see these CrossFit owners or coaches jump on and in a month they're popping, right? They, they're turning people away from sessions. They, they're facilities packed uh, i went to the crossfit games in asbury park last year it's a great event it's so much fun they have djs they have bands they have just everybody's jacked and looks at the avengers it's just such a good time right and then we look at that on the other side of the profession and we're kind of jealous we're like why do you guys get to have all that fun look that good be that awesome at life and i'm over here working in the basement of a high school making twenty thousand dollars a year and i think it's jealousy to some extent right i think when you drive by, there's something to affect when you drive by across your place, you see nice cars, you see nice looking guys and girls, you see people just crushing life. And you're like, oh, I want a piece of that, but I can't. I think there's some, some element of that. It's just like they're, they, they win at life a lot of times. Right. Um, like I, do I want an overuse injury? No. Would an overuse injury feel better if I was driving a Maserati? Probably. You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> You put those heated seats on. You don't have back pain anymore. Exactly, man. It's, you can only be so angry when you have heated seats. Am I right? That's oh, for sure. Yeah, but I, I do like I like CrossFit more than most people in my profession do. 
And the other thing I think it wins at, and 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 I'm gonna get it to next, is the camaraderie. When you were across your box, everybody's friends. I always say, if I ever move out of New Jersey, the first thing I do is I'm joining a CrossFit gym because I can't afford a country club, but I'll make friends right away. You know what I mean? Right. I think there's some some value for that. And that's coming from a powerlifting background. Powerlifting and Olympic weightlifting are such individual sports, right? They're really not team sports at all. But when you're with a team where you're training people every day, you do make great friends. Some of I have friends for 20 plus years that I power lifted with at Tom's River High School East in the Raider Power Plant that I know listen to this podcast, that we all our kids play together, right? Speak to that for a second. Why do you think Mach 1 and Olympic weightlifting and sports like this foster such a team environment when in reality there's only one person on the platform at a time? They're the furthest thing from team sports, but you do make great friends and form great friendships as, as I'm a testament to it 40 plus years, and you guys are probably both close to 30 feeling the same thing already. You want to take that, Jason? You want me? Yeah, sure. Um, I mean, that's probably one of the biggest things when we were first initially recruiting athletes was, you know, like, why am I joining a team if, like, I'm not competing, like, with anyone, quote unquote, right? Um, And I think one of the biggest things that Pat, RJ, and I try to focus on and build within our Mach 1 community is the culture of having, like, a good training environment with uh, the whole squad and the whole team. And like when you have a group of individuals with like-minded goals, it's not only going to push you harder to push your limits and get to your next level and even strive for goals that you may not have even thought you could set out for yourself. Um, But, you know, when you, when you're in that community of people, it's just a total growth environment. So, um, the whole weightlifting team concept, um, it, it might not like, I think it's saying it out loud might not make sense on paper, but like when you see what, it, what happens in action and when you see the growth of people when they are on these weightlifting teams, um, I think the potential for it is much greater than if you're just one individual working with one coach and, that's it. I think you're almost tunnel visioning yourself. Agreed. Pat, what do you think? So one of the things that we do is we do our Sunday team practice for our competitive team. And whether they're working one-on-one on the platform, they're working as a team on Sundays. And we make sure that they're progressing unified. Um, and during the week, we put them on an online program that they can do at their home, at their local gym, whatever they have access to, given their current conditions with all the COVID stuff and they work on a one-on-one basis to progress what they need to to make them a better lifter but on sunday we come back in we're a team again we're moving forward and we have partners on the platform so it's a little friendly competition it just is like all right well i can do this weight let me put on five pounds or add a kilo here or there just to kind of push the limits a little bit and we we fully encourage that because that's going to provide progress it's going to overload them a little bit and it makes it fun, friendly competition and keeps them motivated. It makes them want to come back on Sundays. Um, we even have like team outings and stuff like that now where the whole team, they're friends with each other now. We did a 4th of July barbecue. We actually did a beach house this past week in Point Pleasant and we got everyone together just to kind of relax and take time. We set up a platform in the driveway so we were able to lift and do team practice at the house and we just created a weightlifting culture and that way when someone's on the platform by themselves they know the whole team's behind them cheering them on wanting the best for them 
I, th- I think one thing that guys your age and younger do way better than people my age and older is realizing that a lot of life is about being part of a team, being part of a community, and, and being a valued member of that group, right? And I think my parents' generation, maybe my grandparents, it was like you were on teams when you were a kid playing sports, right? And then you just kind of got into this bubble where it was just about you and your immediate family, and that bubble just kept getting smaller and smaller, right? People kept having less kids. People kept seeing their extended family less until eventually your life is just your work and your family. And I think these other things people are into are super valuable, whether it's Olympic weightlifting, CrossFit, community theater, playing a band. I think that stuff is super valuable as you go, and you guys are doing a good a good service because, it, to use another cliche, it takes a village, even as an adult, and I think building that village and being in a good community is super valuable. Uh, last couple of things. You guys always say on the Instagram, empathy, education, excellence. Can one of you guys break that down for us? So education, we just take our background in the field, kind of our experiences, our knowledge from what we've learned and what we've experienced. And we try and translate that to our athletes so they know why they do everything. So if we just tell them to do something, it's kind of why, you know, and they like to know that. So that way, when they're doing it, they're learning, they're developing the skills and they're doing it for a reason. And that way it fuels them to get better and develop that skill. Empathy, um, that one just comes down to being good people, I guess. Uh, So we always care about our athletes. We care about our clients. We want to make sure that they're reaching the goals that they want, not doing it because we tell them to. So some people are motivated by different things, uh, and we cater to that to make sure that they're getting their best experience on an individual level. And also, they have different goals. They might not want to go to the Olympics, but they want to compete at a decent level, like a national event. But also, they might want to lose weight or they just want to feel better or they just want to have that team environment and we need to find out what motivates them to stay into it stay motivated stay accountable and then excellence is just our expectations for them so whether they show up on a bad day good day great day it's just we want you to do your best we want you to strive for excellence and give us what you can that day that way at the end of the month end of the year they're making progress and they're looking excellent Jason, what's next for, for Mach 1? Obviously, the future is going to be a little hazy with the coronavirus situation we're in right now. But let's say we're back to quote-unquote normal by the end of 2020. What do you guys hope to be doing in 2021? So, I mean, given the circumstances of everything up to this point, I think Mach 1's proven so far that we're able to adapt and thrive in whatever environment we're in. And the future for us, you know, of course, we want to continue to grow. We want to continue to spread like our community and our culture of the empathy, education and excellence, um, our general weightlifting culture and the team environment. Um, So we want to grow the team. um, And hopefully, like right now, we're not we don't have uh, our own facility just yet. But I think in the future, that's something that we really want to do is a place to like call like our home. Um, and that's something that we're looking forward to doing um, maybe in the next like 12 to 18 months. It's hard to say when, but that's definitely what we have our sights set on and just continuing to grow and spread our message. Great, man. Hey, real quick, I appreciate your time today. I'm sorry Mike and Kennedy couldn't make it. As I said in the intro, they were busy pretending to be photographers and Instagram celebrities. Uh, where, give us your socials real quick, and how could people reach out to you if they're interested in joining Mach 1 Barbell? So we have Mach 1 Barbell 
on Instagram and Facebook. Our email is mockwombarbell at gmail.com, so they can send out any emails for information that they need. Uh, we currently were operating at a critical mass right on Shrewsbury Ave in Tinton Falls. So we're lucky enough to have a facility to run out of right now and even work outside in the parking lot, like you were saying, during all the COVID regulations. So we do our intro group on Thursday for the weightlifting. We do a competitive weightlifting team on Sundays, and then we are virtual 24-7 pretty much. So we have three coaches, me, Jason, and RJ, who couldn't make it today. But um, the three of us are always working together virtually to make sure that our clients are getting their best experience. So whether they want to go any of those avenues, we're open. They can do a free drop-in to check us out, whether it's competitive or intro, or they just want to kind of schedule an assessment to kind of see how well they move for their online programming. Um, we're, we're open to having more people. Great, man. And where can we find you personally on social media, Pat? Uh, Patrick Mantori, M-A-N-T-U-R-I 614 on Instagram, and then Patrick Mantori on Facebook. Cool. Jason, where can we find you? Uh, it's Jason Schwartz on Instagram uh, with an underscore after my last name. And same thing on Facebook, Jason Schwartz. Great, man. Well, thank you guys for hanging out today. Jason and Pat, super informative. You guys are doing great things over at Mach 1 Barbell. Hope to check out a session soon. Uh, as always, I am Angelo Gingerelli on social media, Mr. Fifth Round, MR, the number five, T-H-R-U-N-D. And we'll see you next time. Me and my cousins. It's a podcast.